I'm Vinny, and this is Learn Real Good. We're back. Back to attack. 2022. <laughs> I think all of these episodes are going to come out in 2022. I know, but... But we're recording this now. This is the first one yeah. we're recording, and this is going to be towards the end of our second season. We really don't have a veil of secrecy or mystery for the show. We tell you everything Why that's happening. Why would there be? People like we're a mystery. <laughs> Who are they? Where are they? When are they? Well, we already disclosed that. It's yeah. 2022. And we're in what's, Montreal. What's your New Year's resolution, Vinny? I don't usually do New Year's <laughs> resolutions, but I could come up with one. You are an improviser, so how about you yeah, I can make, make up one, one, one for the sake yeah. of I'm going to uh, read podcast. all the comic books. <laughs> I like that you, you, you do it small. Yeah. Yeah. The not all the comic books that have ever been printed, mm. but only the comic books that come out this year. I'm going to read all the comic books wow. that come out this year. Of all genres? Sure, why not? I'm making this up. <laughs> Sounds achievable. Yeah. That's I haven't great. read a comic book since I was like 10. Okay. But you know what? For for I think, you know, it's a reasonable comic book goal. I don't know how many comic books come out every year. Probably a lot. It probably seems quite unreasonable now that I'm thinking about it. It's absolutely. I thought you knew how unreasonable that was when you announced it. Yeah, I'll try. Okay. Well, good. I applaud your efforts and I wish you the best. How about you? What are your New Year's resolutions? <laughs> uh, my New Year's resolution is the same one it's been since I was about 10. Okay. How's um, it going? And that is to be more assertive. Well, as you know, that's something I struggle with. Right. Well, we both do. <laughs> yes, We're both true. very passive. We are. Yeah. We're too nice. Um, I don't think nice is the no, problem. I know. No, I know. We don't want to be a bother. We don't want to be a bother. Thing. Yeah. No, We're terrible good. with boundaries. Yeah. Making decisions is a gift, as you learn from improv. Yeah, for sure. We are not good at that. Unless it's in a pretend world <laughs> in improv, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. But in real, the real world where there are consequences. Real decisions. It's tough. Not happening. No. Yeah, Fill that's it my go-to. Well, my go-to is reading all the comic books now. <laughs> I've learned that now. Well, we just started the new tradition. And it's I great. mean, learning is the topic of this podcast. I learned a lot. <laughs> We're only getting started. I'm done. For all those learners out there, you new learners. Yeah. The way this show starts is we shoot the crap as we just did. Did it. Done. Check. Check. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to share facts, fun science facts mm-hmm. that we've discovered before the podcast, but haven't shared with each other yet. No. And then we have our special guest who's going to talk about their work. And I'm so excited about this one. I love that part. Yes. Well, that's that's the highlight. You got to build up to it. Well, I like talking to you too. Well... <laughs> This is awkward because I've clearly yeah you <laughs> said it's clearly not the prefer the guest that's fine yes well we've we've done our chatting <laughs> well do you have a science fact or do you want me to do that I absolutely do should I go for it yeah hit me so this is what I've seen on a bunch of platforms this is new research just come out I love it and it's real super cool so babies talking babies today baby talk baby talk uh, goo goo gaga um they can tell who's closest related to them based on saliva. Now, I have a lot of questions (laughs) right away. Yeah. Yeah. So they watch Mm -hmm. caregivers and individuals who caregivers are assorting with for behaviors that share saliva. So sharing food. If I take a spoonful of food and then I (laughs) give you a little spoon, which is not something we do. (laughs) Or kissing. Right. Any sort of contact that has saliva exchanged tells the baby that is a close relative. And so if they need something, so if the baby starts crying and has a need that needs to be met, Mm -hmm. they will look towards that individual who may not be related to them, but has been demonstrated as being close based on saliva contact. How are babies getting samples of everybody's saliva? No, they're watching. 
They're watching for behavior when you share saliva and that tells them this is someone I can trust because they are closely related to me. So or if trusted. a baby sees two adults sharing saliva and one of them is trusted, that trust is passed on. Yes. It's trust, saliva, <laughs> communicable trust. Yeah, because it's close. It shows closeness. Wow. And so what's cool is in the study, they ch- tested a bunch of behaviors. So things like playing games and other sort of things that might suggest a relationship and closeness. And it was the, the behaviors that had saliva that, that were closely associated with that. That's fascinating. Isn't that cool? Babies love saliva. I mean, it makes sense, right? You don't share saliva with someone. I mean, now in a not quite post-COVID world, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't dream. Mid, Mid-COVID world. <laughs> a mid-COVID world. I'm not going near anyone's saliva, including my own. I don't trust. Saliva yeah, can't be trusted, spit, baby. You're just constantly spitting saliva everywhere. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get rid of my own saliva. Yeah. It's not like I'm trying How's to it contaminate. Going? It keeps coming back. Yeah, you keep, seem to keep generating more. It's like fingernails and hair. <laughs> Notoriously, the three things that keep accumulating. Yeah. Saliva. Fingernails. Hair. hair. That's it. The trifecta. That's my fact. <laughs> That's a great cool, fact. right? That's amazing. Good job, babies. Good work, babies. <laughs> How about you? I've heard rumors that you have a fact. Oh, well, rumor on the street is I do. Okay, let's um, have it. So mine is about, now you may not know this, but there's a rover on the moon. We all know about the rover the Mars, but there's a rover okay. on the moon. And how long has this rover been on it's the moon? It's been there for three years. Okay. Well, so two new, and a half. Newish, not like newish. The 60s. Newish. No, no, it hasn't been. I mean, there are old rovers on mm, the moon from yeah. the 60s, but yeah. this one, this one's relatively new. Mm-hmm. It was sent up by China. It's called the U-2-2, uh, number two. Okay. Um, so the first U-2 was sent up like in 96 or something like that. And then they're like, okay, we're going to do a next generation and then sent it to the moon. Wow. And basically it's on the far side of the moon. So they sent it to the side we can't see because, Mm. well, that's just more interesting. Um, And one of the, it was in the like news recently, Mm. the space news community, (laughs) because one of the pictures that it took, it looked like on the horizon, there was like some kind of cube. And it, like, everyone's like, whoa, a cube on the far side of the moon. And so they're like, all right, let's go take a look. Was it a cube of cheese? And it rolled over to this cube. Yeah. It was just a rock with funny shadows. So there are no cubes on the moon. There's no statues of faces or anything like that. It's all just artifacts of light and how photos work. But what's really interesting, <laughs> this is the new stuff. The news is that the far side of the moon has... Uh, sand or the surface Mm. which is much stickier than the near side of the moon stickier yeah what makes sand sticky so it that's a great question no no well so it's not sand technically because it's really just rocks it's all one big rock and what makes the surface of the moon sandy or gritty Mm. is impacts and the Hmm. visible side of the moon has had more impacts than the far side of the moon huh uh, I don't know why that is. Someone probably does. But uh, the far side of the moon just generally has fewer impacts than the visible side of the moon. And what that does is the more impacts you have, the finer the sand. Okay. And so because this is less fine and more irregular, it clumps, it sticks together more. Huh. Like a kind of like jigsaw puzzle piece. It gets like, like tangled together. Whereas smoother rock doesn't stick together. It just turns into like fine dust and it falls down. It's a big problem when they were landing on the moon. It was hard to close things and the sand was really sticky and it was very fine. Even static electricity was getting this dust to stick to the astronauts and the doors are hard to close. Um, But, you know, uh, 
So this rover is discovering that the far side of the moon has much clumpier... And the sand on the moon has a name. It's called regolith. No, it's not. Yeah, it's called regolith. R-E-G-O-L-I-T-H. And I've heard they're they're looking to isolate this sticky sand for use as kitty litter on Earth. Is that correct? No. (laughs) Because kitty litter needs to be absorbent, and this is just pure rock. For cat enthusiasts out there... They would be very disappointed to use regolith. As you can kitty sell litter. that though, even if it doesn't work. Oh yeah, you can sell anything to anybody. Just it's all marketing. <laughs> moon litter for your space age kitty. It's funny picturing a moon moon gift shop for the NASA to make more money. They would just sell bits of the moon. Well, there's this famous <laughs> oh, story of that. these this couple who worked at NASA and they stole <gasps> rocks from the moon. No, and they <laughs> and they took it to their hotel and made love on it. Ew, because they wanted to make love on moon rocks. I like, mean, they were made for each other. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but that's like a, a that's a weird crime to commit. I guess they were over the moon for each other. For each other. Well, that's a good one. Is it? I was trying the whole time, and you're talking about the moon to make a U two joke. I was going to okay. say, did, did they get vertigo? Right, yeah. Oh, that's know. also well, good. I mean, <laughs> didn't say it though, did I? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's a, a funky Chinese rover going around trundling, making discoveries on the far side of the moon. There's so much happening out there. There's a lot happening. It's amazing that not more things crash all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's time for us to crash into the guest portion <laughs> of the podcast. Perfect. Segway. Smooth. Thank you. I'm known for my smoothness. This week, we have Victoria Heath, who is currently a lab manager for Dr. Trevor Pitcher's lab at the University of Windsor. Her master's degree was also obtained at the University of Windsor in Dr. Higgs' lab and was on the behavior of sea lamprey when exposed to sound. She has been in a total of three different fish biology labs and 2.5 different fish research stations we need to i've yeah. got some follow-up questions i on that. love fractions of whole objects <laughs> she loves to grow veggie plants and shiitake mushrooms and watch all the classic movies she can find please join me in welcoming victoria heath to the podcast victoria Hi. come on down hello happy to be here <laughs> i figured the 2.5 might throw you for a bit yeah yeah i mean well let's not mince mince words let's hop right to that how can you be in two and a half fish research stations victoria <laughs> that is a excellent question well two of them i actually did a project in and the third one i sort of showed up and other people were doing experiments and i was like hey you want some help so i was there for like maybe a day and they were like, sure, we need extra hands. And I was like, here we go. So I was like, well, does it really count? I don't know. Wow. I like that. I like the, the being so bold to just show up. Yeah, and start helping. <laughs> People need more helpers. Was that your intent when you showed up? You're like, mm, maybe they need help. Or were you, you know, breaking in? What was, what was, <laughs> why were you <laughs> yeah, there? Well, I didn't know there was an experiment going on at the time. I was just sort of visiting to check it out. And then, you know, you sort of walk into a building and you're like, see a bunch of tanks on the ground filled with fish doing behavior experiments. And you're like, sure, where can I help? Amazing. (laughs) I'm sure they were so happy to have you. (laughs) Yeah, there's never a shortage of things to do. (laughs) Absolutely. Wow, I'm very excited. Sea lamprey. Vinny, are you fa- do you know what a sea lamprey is? I know what a lamprey is, and I assume they mostly <laughs> live in the sea, so I have a vague idea. But I'm going to leave it to the expert to explain more. Yeah, Vicky, why don't you tell us a bit about sea lampreys as a creature, first off? Yeah, actually, that's a good point, Vinny, is that sea lamprey are technically from the sea, but because they sort of migrated into the Great Lakes, they are now adapted to live their entire lives in the Great Lakes. Oh. So they're like 
sea part mm. of sea lampreys kind of misleading just for the, the invasive sea lamprey that are only in the Great Lakes. Wow. So that's interesting. So now they're freshwater lamprey. A <laughs> freshwater sea lamprey, yeah. kind of oxymoron, <laughs> no, but yeah. No salinity boundaries lamprey. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yep. <laughs> As are they. You should see their mouth. Right. Am I right? Uh, my favorite thing to do is tell people, oh, do you know what sea lamprey is? No, please Google a picture of them. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, a, just... An, an if an animal was just teeth, it would be the sea lab, right? <laughs> yeah, thankfully, they're. I'm like, well, how do I describe them? They're sort of like a giant leech, sort mm. of like a baseball bat-sized leech. And people are like, oh, God. I'm like, yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If a baseball bat came out of your nightmares, that's what a sea lamprey would be. Yeah, and they're super ancient, right? Lamprey, they're they're relatives of ours, but they're they're um, ancient. Yeah, but it's so they don't have jaws, which means they're like way far mm -hmm. distantly related to us. Yeah. So how did you get to studying lamprey? Not the most photogenic creature. How did how did they, you come to love yeah, them? Yeah, they're not in the centerfold of Marine Monthly. <laughs> to get people to care about them yeah. that's for sure yeah, it's true <laughs> they're like a really big deal in the great lakes right now because mm. they're invasive and again they're like giant leeches so they just sort of catch on to any fish swimming by Yikes. and then they leave these like sort of giant wounds in the fish and those wounds can get infected mm. and then kill the fish so they're kind of a big deal mm -hmm. so yeah my supervisor came up to me and he was like hey like we have this experiment that's really interesting with sea lamprey and i was like cool sign me up interesting weird fish that's totally in my books so sea lamprey they're uh they they used to be a marini type thing thus the name how the heck did they get to the great lakes that's not where they're supposed to be yeah so people think that they came by ship uh we still don't know a bunch and it's sort of like oh they showed up in the 40s oh maybe the 30s, maybe the 30s. <laughs> oh wow so it's sort of like uh and now it's just sort of like if we can just get them out that would be great <laughs> yeah, that's the bigger question <laughs> yeah so that's where my project came in and they were like well you know we have all these chemicals that we can use that works most of the time and my project was like, well, can we like sort of use their behavior to sort of push them out of like sensitive areas? So we were like, hey, sound, we can just play sound really loud in like rivers and streams and hopefully push them out of areas that they're not in yet or they already are and try and control them a bit. Yeah. So tell us more about that. Like one, how did this idea come up? And then two, what kind of sounds do sea lamprey hate? Hard rock. <laughs> or soft jazz <laughs> oh soft jazz i didn't actually think of. that's like one of the first questions people ask me is like oh well what did you play with play them did you do like acdc and i'm like right. no it's not that exciting yet right but um yeah the experiment was we're in a sound lab that i worked in that's the higgs lab and they were like oh sea lamprey sound let's do this so they basically would swim up river and then i would like play really loud tones which is kind of boring it's just no sound at all, just me, and then see if it if it sort of got them to turn around. Hmm. Um, so that was my experiment, and just like all experiments, it sort of worked and didn't hmm. work because it turns out that like if you blast sound at them really loud, they'll do one of two things: they'll either freeze or they'll like swim really fast, and they'll just go as quickly as possible. Okay. So it might actually work better to use like rock music rock music because then it's like changing of shifting mm. tones so they're like oh my god i have no idea what's happening over there rather than a tone they're like oh i'm used to it now i can swim fast mm -hmm. hmm. 
And do you have any ideas, like, what, what's the sea lamprey thinking? When it hears, does it think the sound's like a ship? Does it, is it just evolutionarily, it's, it's, it's built sound. to hate? Yeah, why, why is this a deterrent at all? Yeah, well, we, if it was like a really quiet sound, because we just use tones, so it would sort of sound maybe like, like rainstorm or hmm. like actually water moving. So, because uh, anthropogenic sound, which is like the boat noise, that's what most people use. Uh, but with using tones, uh, you basically try to turn it up as loud as possible. Mm, so it's just the volume uh, at, doing the work. Yeah. So like doing it at like 170 decibels uh, underwater. Yeah. Like we can hear it like above water. We can hear it uh, and having it that loud uh, playing to the fish. Uh, hopefully it gets them to be like, oh, yeah, no, I don't want to be here. This is abnormal. Right. So it's hard to determine exactly why it could be anthropogenic and they're just like no mm. or it could be like something new and they're just like i don't want to be near this new scary thing no kidding and at that volume is there any danger of like harming any other of the species that are floating around down there so that was the one of the problems that we're hoping to do in another experiment is that it could possibly impact other species mm. swimming up but lamprey are actually nocturnal so they actually mm. only swim up rivers at night uh. so yeah, we can avoid all the fish that are swimming upriver during the day. So it's not perfect, right. but it's better. It's like putting a, the party club at night down there and then keeping the neighbors who are like hanging out during the day at bay. Or I guess the other way around. <laughs> Vinny, if you were to think of an annoying song to deter a lamprey, what, yeah. what, what song do you think Sandstorm. it would be? Sandstorm. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking All Star by Smash Mouth. That's... I I mean part of the part of the All Stars disappeal <laughs> is the video, which is a ridiculous video. And so, uh, yeah, I think if it's purely Sonic, I'm, I'm gonna go Darude Sandstorm. Okay, we have we have some suggestions for your yeah, next. Yeah, for the Lamprey, we can get them to fill out a survey or something. Yeah, I'm I'm still voting for the uh, song of me just screaming into a mic as loud as I can. Yeah. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> now, do they have any predators who make sounds that you could play? Well, so that's the other interesting thing is that people are like, "Well, is it predators?" But they don't have a ton of predators. Like, there's stuff that eats them, mm-hmm. especially eating their dead bodies. I oh, okay. don't know how to say that lightly, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. There's not a lot of things that like eat them when they're alive because they're very slippery hmm. and slick, so it's quite hard to catch them. And then they don't have a ton of meat on them. I'm getting into the details, but basically yeah, yeah. they don't. They don't have a lot. They're mostly teeth. <laughs> oh, <so> gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty gross animal. Yeah. It's slippery. Yeah. It's ugly. It's I mean more than ugly. It's nightmarish. <laughs> It's really like from like beyond the realm of the elder gods. It's there should be more horror animal. movies about lampreys and hagfish. Yeah. Honestly, it's yeah. under un, undertapped. It's and just to add to your nightmares, they actually have like a suction cup mouth. So if they do grab a hold of you, they are not letting go. It's amazing. Great <laughs> oh work. no, has that happened to you, Victoria? Have you been lamprayed? It it happened to me once, but it was on purpose because they were like, "You're gonna be working with this <gasps> fish, so we don't want you to be scared of it." And then they were like, "So." We're just going to put it on your skin and pull it off so you know that's the worst that will happen. Okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, no problem. I was just thinking like um, like an actual suction cup. But because they actually do have teeth, you can feel it. It doesn't hurt a ton. I was not horribly maimed or anything. Sure. But they just sort of put it on and put it, took it off. But those things are hard to get wow. like, off. It's a serious suction cup. And is, is it like a mosquito bite kind of sting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like that. Maybe like... 
a tiny shot, like your flu shot kind of thing, okay. but they don't like humans. Anyone who's sort of like listening to this and is like, oh no, I need to worry about sea lamprey. They don't go right. to humans. Well, what do they like? <laughs> uh, they do eat a lot of trout. Uh, salmon's a problem. So any oh, sort of, of the bigger fish. All the stuff we like. <laughs> we need yep. to get them eating on those round gobies. And then it's yeah. like. Yeah. Oh, make invasive species fight. <laughs> Round one. Yeah. <laughs> Tournament of terrible champions. So the lamprey's been around for a while. They're not a new invader. Do you have any idea, like, is it getting worse? Are their populations pretty stabilized? Are they, like, taking over even more? Are they just spreading out? Like, what's sort of the, the status with lampreys? Yeah, so they're pretty stable now in some areas it sort of depends on the area but overall it's been quite a success story mm. because people have been using different kinds of traps uh different chemicals to sort of control their population so they've got it down uh their population size down a lot mm. so it's really good now it's just sort of keeping it at this population size because like as you know if you use chemicals too many times they yeah. get used to it and then it stops working man invasive species <laughs> bad that's my position hot take so how do you play the sound for them you have like waterproof speakers like how cool. do you you put how do cool you... walkmans on them <laughs> how do you how do you actually do this it's actually quite hard to find speakers that like are willing to play sound that loud like underwater no so we have two speakers but uh they only go up so high so mm. one of the things that we were looking at for my experiment was we were like okay this is working okay but what if we went even louder but we actually couldn't find any speakers that could handle it because like the speakers are just like you're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself <laughs> <laughs> don't do this <laughs> so yeah, uh, we do issue. have speakers but yeah they should have extra settings like only go to 12 if you're playing this for lamprey if this is for a human <laughs> tens the limit lamprey yeah. okay lamprey settings if there was anyone swimming by during my experiment like i feel really bad for them but <laughs> <laughs> no don't play this in a scuba zone <laughs> yeah did you have to so do you have to like scuba dive to like plant them at the bottom of water bodies oh thankfully not we just did it in uh rivers and streams because that's where they sort of move upstream hmm. to reproduce farther up so we try to catch them right before they reproduce because it's impossible to just like put speakers everywhere in the great lakes right. and just you know <laughs> i don't know acdc in the entire great lakes so <laughs> We focused on uh, streams and rivers where we knew the, the sea lamprey would be. Nice. Wow. Can you imagine the Great Lakes just like a hard rock radio station? Nonstop, just like, oh, I want to hear some music. Just walk to the Great Lakes. <laughs> That's what the Muskokas are like. Am I right? I don't know. I've never been. Um, <laughs> very cool. So, so are you done with this project? This is what you did for your master's and now you're sort of moving on from the lamprey, Vicky? Yeah, exactly. I had a good time and I've got one chapter published hoping to publish nice. the other one. Because uh, we also did an in-lab study to be like, oh, well, what is their actual behavior playing the sound, watching them with a the camera? So mm. now I'm hoping to move on to some other weird creature, hopefully, for a PhD. <laughs> Anything further in the nightmare category? <laughs> if I can find one, then I'll study Amazing. it. Amazing. <laughs> you have to escalate. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to, you're, you started at the top. That was your error, <laughs> right? <laughs> Can't get more nightmarish. Yeah, the colossal squid. Ooh, okay. <laughs> oh, I would love to study that, yeah. <laughs> Play ACDC for colossal squids. <laughs> it's mostly ACDC marine yes. research, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, 
what if we went really deep in the water and played really loud sound? What would happen? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would approve that. Funding approved. Yeah, I'm curious. That's fun. So how did you get to, were you yeah. personally interested in the lamprey or it was just one of those situations where they're like, we need someone to study the lamprey and you're like, cool, I'm not afraid of anything. It actually started where someone was like, hey, have you heard of the hagfish? And I was like, no. So, of course, I started Googling that. And that thing, like, produces its own slime that just chokes anything that tries to shoot it. Yeah. And they were like, I was like, that is cool. And people were like, yeah, it's cool, but it's, like, way down, like, all the way in B.C. and also really far down in the water. And they were like, well, you know what's related to that? This other terrifying creature (laughs) named the sea lamprey. (laughs) And that's way easier to get to. (laughs) (laughs) Quite as quite slimy as well, so. But you'd have, you'd have been studying the hagfish otherwise. Oh yeah, if I could find someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's not an accident. I don't think that all these kind of freaky looking things have less less people studying them. I wonder if it's like people are less right. drawn to them, and or more it's hard to get funding for them. Well, all the cute animals have been studied. Yeah. And now we're just left yeah. with the uggos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, lampreys. research. <laughs> the lampreys are out there listening. I hate to objectify animals in this way, but they're... But, I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's human psychology, right? We're drawn to the things that we're like, oh, this is adorable. Oh, no, this is a nightmare. I don't want to look at it. <laughs> we stay away from those. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess they get studied less. Mm. But they're... I mean, they're as much a part of the ecosystem as anything else. And especially when they're invasive, they're hugely impactful well and victoria mentioned lamprey have a taste for the best fish right only the <laughs> finest fish the for finest the lamprey sushi quality fish <laughs> yeah. are what the lamprey go for <laughs> so how can a lamprey that's evolved to be in salty places how does it just switcheroo like not everything can just hmm. you know be adapted to one salinity and just you know that's why we have freshwater and marine fishes do you know do you have any idea what like what about the lamprey physiologically makes it able to do that yeah so the sea lamprey that's actually native to the um, ocean what they do is they actually go into freshwater streams to breed Ah. and then go back out to the sea yeah to just sort of live the rest of their lives Mm. so the ones in the um great lakes just were like well, that seems like a lot of work. I'm just going to stick in fresh water for the whole time. Why would I bother doing I'm that? I'm already, this water's great. Why am I going all the way out there? Oh, man, if the salmon pick up on this, save themselves that dumb journey, you know? <laughs> Why don't they learn? Ooh, Great Lake salmon. Hey, there's hey, an idea. There's an idea. Get them in there. <laughs> now we just have to get rid of the sea lamprey. They'll be great. Oh, yeah. Oops. Yeah. Have you ever thought about deliberately introducing things as a project, Victoria? Instead of fighting the invaders, just be <laughs> yeah. be the source of invasion. <laughs> yeah, like what Vinny said, just pit yeah. uh, invasive species against other invasive yeah. species. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Put them in a ring. Mutual <laughs> annihilation. <laughs> so now you work in a totally different lab. So yeah. now you're a lab manager in a different... So what does this lab work on? Yeah, so we actually do... Uh, the project I'm working on right now in that lab is transport stress for um, special species that are endangered. So going from one scale of the scale Ah, to the other side. Invasive to endangered. So yeah. And now what's transport stress? So basically if you've got like the endangered fish Mm -hmm. and you're like, we've got a ton of them over there and we've got none of them over there, but that environment over there is perfect. Mm. We can just get them from the spot. There's thousands of them to a spot that there's less and have them uh, sort of, 
do really well there, then we can sort of increase their populations. So by transporting them, we want to make sure that we don't accidentally kill them on the mm -hmm. way of saving them. That seems like a worthy project. And are these aquatic species as well? What sorts of things are you, you moving around? Yeah, so the red side dace, which is here in Ontario, you sort of get them from other populations and try and move them where they used to be. So Interesting. And how, so how do you move, a, like, I'm assuming there's like hundreds or thousands of these fish. It's an Uber. Now like one. How do you, they call, are they, they call just in Uber. giant tanks and really big plastic bags, you know, like you used to get goldfish? Oh, babe, there. that's really cute. <laughs> How do you, are you shooting them out of planes? How do you, how, do you, how are you moving these fish? I, I wish we had anything that, that cool. No, we have uh, giant tanks in, yeah, trucks. Hmm. And then we have to keep, make sure that there's like oxygen wow. and the water's the right temperature. It's quite interesting moving from invasive species where like you could drop them on the ground yeah. and they'll be fine for right, half an hour. Right. And then these guys, and it's like, if it's not the right temperature, you know, I'm, I'm not going to last They're five minutes. They're <laughs> It's very true. I remember, so I did my PhD partially on the round goby, which is an invasive species here. And we were actually, as researchers working with them, it was the law that we had to kill anyone that we found. Like, and I found it so hard because it'd be like, I know you're a bad guy but like this yeah. feels like murder you know in a way it's like shouldn't you just live but they're hard to kill yeah that's the thing about these invasives they're so hardy whereas the delicate ones are the ones that go first hmm. yeah i i actually had that problem with sea lamprey where like i got attached to them like i actually really like sea lamprey but when it came time that the experiment was over and you're not allowed to keep those guys alive it was really hard to right. kill them so I got to the point where I was like, oh, I'm going to miss you guys for the best. Oh my God, why don't you just die already? <laughs> I like your choice of words saying you became attached to the sea lamprey. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you have any good sea lamprey names? Oh, sea lamprey names. Oh, I wish I thought of that. <laughs> like bitey. <laughs> I'm mostly just like, yeah, like number one, number two, Joe, Bob. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And so, so now you're moving fish around, driving them, like basically a fish taxi. Yeah, fish Uber. Um, like, I guess, and you're the lab manager for this. So what kind of equipment goes in this lab? Oh, we've got the, the giant tanks that we keep them in. And then you have to keep track of temperature and oxygen. So we've got a whole bunch of readers of like any type of thing you can think of, salinity. And then um, right now we're just testing it. So we don't have like the really fancy trucks that people use to transport like thousands of them. Okay. Here we're just trying to get like a few of them from point A to point B okay. and make sure they survive as best as we can. So we actually just have like a bunch of coolers and some duct tape and water. <laughs> so when you say giant tanks, how big are you talking? Oh, they're like, you could probably go swimming in them, but like only in circles, small circles. Okay. <laughs> wow. It's still pretty big. It's not like, because yeah. I mean, I, when I think fish tank, I'm like, oh, I think home aquarium, mm. like big. But oh, this, yeah. these are big fish tanks. More swimming pool, but right, yeah, right. very cold. I wouldn't suggest. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I only had one encounter with a sea lamprey. So I worked on the St. Lawrence River. And one time when I was actually helping someone else with their research, similarly to you, Victoria, I uh, one like jumped in the boat. It got in the boat it somehow. just jumped in? I don't, we didn't see it enter, but suddenly it, it was snuck in, in the boat. We were just like laying out traps. We were like, hey, fishing. got me sushi. <laughs> and it was very alarming because it was like thrashing around and uh, none of us wanted to touch it. 
to get it out of the boat. And it was like much smaller than I expected. It was only like uh, fifteen centimeters. Yeah, fifteen centimeters ish. Enough to freak yeah, you out. Yeah, they can get really big, yeah. but like they start out really cute, like just like like size of your hand kind of thing, and you're like, oh, they're so cute. And then they like, if you wait a few years, they actually do get to the size of like baseball bats, and you're like, whoa, okay, not as cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less less more horrifying. Yeah. What fish do you eat at that point? A sturgeon? You're pretty. You're much bigger than all the other fish at that point. Yeah, biggest ones they can find, and then just hang on. <laughs> Yikes! So how did you how did you get into biology, Victoria? Were you always into biology as a kid? You're doing all this fishy stuff. Like, how did you get into this field of study? Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember as like you know when you're in kindergarten, people ask you like, "What are you gonna be?" Mm-hmm. I was like ballerina. So you can tell I had no idea what I wanted to do then. <laughs> But <laughs> and then in high school, you know, you'd have to do the career thing. Mm. And I started looking up like marine biologists and, you know, like the deep vent community mm-hmm. like with the tube worms. I saw that and I was like, I'm sold. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard of. So that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty oh, cool. there, it's just Is that still what you'd like to do, Victoria? Go like hydrothermal vent stuff? I'm really attracted, or I'm attached to, <laughs> to really weird species. Yeah. So if I can keep jumping from one to another, because I love sea lamprey, but like, I'd really like to try something else. Right. So I would love to do deep sea stuff as well. Maybe not like dive down there, because that seems kind of claustrophobic. <laughs> but like you watch the videos and mm-hmm. stuff, it's so cool. Yeah, there's some crazy wild stuff down at the bottom of the well, ocean. yeah especially because like you have whole ecosystems that are based away from the sun like that alone is so cool right they don't have photosynthesizers no. which are the base of our food web right so they have chemo synthesizers that make food out of all sorts of toxic stuff to us but they love it <laughs> they eat that they eat it up eat that up literally <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so if you could pick anything you wanted what mm. would what would you pick to study oh, yeah man. to study i probably would do like mm. the colossal squid or something like anything really deep down anything that sort of like is so far down that they start like losing their shape like you know like the blobfish right. yeah. <laughs> all those weird stuff where you're like are you sure that actually exists right like i think that would be really cool but trying to find any of those fish to study yes. like you find one you're like great there's my sample size mm-hmm. right right it's hard to get down there. It's dark and it's under pressure. Well, there's so pressure. much space and, and the life is so dilute unless you're at like an actual hydrothermal right. vent where you have a big concentrated community. Yeah, like the like you could study angler fish your whole career, I imagine, and how often would you ever see one? Yeah. That's the that's the tragedy. <laughs> and so why do you think you're attracted to all these weirdos, Victoria? Let's get into this. What what do you think it is? <laughs> You feel like they're left behind? Know. Yeah, something something psychologically wrong with me, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> right with you. <laughs> I should you. probably yeah. take some psych classes to look into that. But <laughs> I, I think it's sort of like knowing that not a lot of other people have mm. looked into this mm. and being like, wow, there's so many paths I can take with this creature to figure out like how it lives, why it does this kind of thing. And behavior is one of the most interesting things to me. So picking a weird fish and then figuring out why it behaves mm-hmm. so weirdly is just really interesting. <laughs> yeah, what's me. your deal, weirdo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I guess all these these animals that live, we don't see and like you say are hard to find, Katie. Like yeah, there's so it's they're so mysterious and that that's super interesting and it would 
super provoked my curiosity too yeah the weirdos the forgotten ones deep under sea <laughs> what are they up to yeah what are they doing down there so mysterious <laughs> or are they hiding <laughs> that'd be cool though if you get to go in one of those circle glass boat things that go deep in the ocean you know all those, those deep sea submarines yep Oh, I'm, I would love to do that, but the only thing is that you get into, like, one of those horror movie things where you're like, if I go too deep, am I going to find something mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to find? <laughs> now, Victoria, the last one didn't come back, so we're sending you down there to see what's up with that. Yeah, yeah, What are they doing? You love a mystery, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got one for you. What, happen- the, where, what happened to Bob? Where this beacon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't. What could possibly go wrong? yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're a lab manager now. Are you sort of looking at different labs? Like you're using this time to sort of see what you might, what your next steps might be? Yep, yep. Looking for a PhD and hopefully I can become an academic sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the dream is to open my own lab where all we study are weird, freakish animals. I love it. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Like now it's, it's a really hot thing right now to do in biology labs. At least, I mean, that's who I follow on Twitter. To have like a, a lab... Uh, like an icon, what do you call it? Like a graphic to be like... The logo? Yeah, yeah, little oh. logo, lab logos. Yours would be badass, Victoria, with all these blobfish. <laughs> a blobfish <laughs> with lamprey mouth. <laughs> yeah, just rows and rows of teeth. Yeah, yeah that'd be... Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty badass. Sort of tooth font. Kind of goes with the metal theme. Yes. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Just... You know what? Sea lampreys are a pretty good metal band name. Oh, it must be used. <laughs> I have a friend who who is a biologist who made a for a, some contest a horror movie called Lamp Predator. Ooh, that's True pretty story. good. With Whoa. a lamprey that sort of took over a lab and ate everyone. <laughs> Fiction, don't worry. Fiction, folks. This didn't happen. Yeah, I can say that it did not happen to my lab. I'm going on record and saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're not in the lab, what kind of stuff do you get up to, Victoria? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, when I'm not thinking about fish, I turn to plants. So mm-hmm. it was sort of in my bio and I was like, I don't know what to write my bio. So I have like my house is covered in plants right now, even though it's like the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what kind of plants do you got going? Are they like yeah, food so- plants or just decorative plants? I have some decorative plants, but it's something in me is just like, no, you have to grow things that you can use in the yeah. future. So <laughs> try, trying to grow some vegetables in the middle of winter, it's actually not going too bad. Oh, wow. Nice. What, what kind of vegetables are you growing in winter? And why aren't we doing this? <laughs> I'm just growing like really small ones right now, hoping that they'll survive mm. to the spring and I can move them outside because uh. I've got like the broccoli and the cherry tomato and it's, it's inside and it's very small. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Wow, I didn't even th- think about trying that in winter. And do you need like like an indoor greenhouse of some kind? Or are they just happy at room temperature? Oh, I, I just try and grow them at room temperature. You're su- probably supposed to have like a grow lamp and, you know, large pots and all that stuff. I'm, I'm sort of like very low budget mm-hmm. growing plants mm-hmm. right now, <laughs> but it's it's going well. And you said you... You grow shiitake mushrooms, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, actually my family does that. We grow it on logs in the woods, but that's a summer thing. It's not going right now, but all you have to do is, like, put them in the log, leave them outside, and they start growing themselves, and we just collect them. So you're basically, like, cultivating them. Yeah. So you take, like, one shiitake mushroom, you stick it on a log, you come back, there's three? Like, what do you put on the log to grow a mushroom? Yeah, we get the mycelium. We don't make our own mycelium yet, maybe in the future. And then you stick it in the logs, and you basically 
make the lock look like it's got um, chicken pox because you just kind of put plugs in everywhere. And then you wait about a year and they should start producing mushrooms and they produce mushrooms for like the next two or three years. That's incredible. Wow. And does the log need to be like kind of like decaying or just like a fresh log? You're supposed to like cut it down and leave it for a year. But I let my dad mostly do that because he likes getting a chainsaw and just, you know, cutting down trees. (laughs) (laughs) And why shiitake mushrooms? That's just a favorite one. Are they easier to grow? Do you grow other mushrooms? I don't know much about mushrooms. You love mushrooms, though. I love to eat them. I love the fruits (laughs) of your labor, but I don't know how it happens. Yeah, shiitake mushrooms is the easiest, I believe. We tried oyster and... Those guys do not like being controlled. You say, hey, how about growing now? And they're like, nah, maybe later. So <laughs> You can't tell me what to do, man. <laughs> the emo teenagers <laughs> of the mushroom world. <laughs> the oyster mushroom. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, like, I know I my, my grandparents were big into going. They had a forest behind their house. They would go and, like, harvest mushrooms. Mm. And my grandmother always had, like, this, this old wives' tale that to find out if a mushroom is poisonous or not, you had to, like, put it in a boiling pot with a penny and if the penny like oxidized it meant it was poisonous or not poisonous i don't know i'd be scared about mushrooms i don't tr- i don't trust them i don't want to go find them in the forest i don't know if i'm e- going to poison myself yeah are you knowledgeable enough to go foraging <laughs> for mushrooms oh i wish that's sort of like one of the things i was looking up but then you look it up and it's like oh is it slightly like yes. green then it's like this is poisonous and it's does it have like one spot to the left and you're like then it's poisonous and you go in the wild and it's like all the mushrooms are growing just however they want. You're like, I can't tell. <laughs> well, it's like that into the wild guy. You know, that guy who went to the bus in Alaska and he ended up accidentally poisoning himself. He had like a plant book and there's these two plants like virtually identical. And one is super yummy and one is deathly poisonous. And guess what happened? He accidentally ate the deathly poisonous one. There's, there's, if you don't know, <laughs> if you're an amateur in that world, it seems high risk. Yeah. Eating poisonous <laughs> things does not seem like something you can be an amateur at. You just have to become professional immediately <laughs> before you start. It's like juggling chainsaws. Like, yeah. well, you could juggle a mm. chainsaw, but you have to be very good at it right mm. away. Start with something else first. Yeah. <laughs> And you said you like classic movies too. What are some classic movies you're into recently, or your old faves? Oh, all of all of the black and whites. Mm. I tried or black and white movies. I try to watch as many of them as possible, so that like I'm ready for any trivia movie night where it's like <laughs> movies. Yeah, bring it on. So like my favorite movie is Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, nice. but I've seen I've seen a bunch. Tonight's movie night theme: movies from the nineties. <laughs> Victorious. No. <laughs> no. Screwed. <laughs> no. Forties. <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, there is a horror movie like about Sea Lamprey, like a different one than you were talking about, Katie. But I haven't seen it, so I'm gonna have to add that to my list. Oh, oh man! For sure. Well, we all have to add that to our, I'm sure, bad movie night. Let's be yeah, honest. It yeah. sounds like it's probably it does sound pretty trashy. A deliciously terrible yes. film, but how have we not all seen that yeah, no in kidding. preparation for this? Yeah, we need to make a movie night for this. Yes, Lamprey tornadoes. Yes, and Lamprey tornadoes. <laughs> Lamb. Uh, I was trying to make it. No, Lamb, Lamb Predator. You're not gonna beat yeah, Lamb Predator. It's really good. Yeah. Well, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe slam prey. Slam like a wrestling lamprey. Okay. Well that'll be your the film you produce, Vinny. Slam prey. <laughs> well, Victoria, this has been a true delight. Thank yeah. you so so much for being on our show. Best of luck with all your plants and yeah. your mushrooms and of course your endangered fish. And we hope to see you on National Geographic at the bottom of the ocean. Safe. <laughs> Safe. 
safely finding some weirdos uneaten thank thank you guys i had a fantastic time awesome awesome <laughs> thank take you, care victoria. victoria wow whoa that was very cool sea lampreys i mean you gotta study them what a wild animal they're important like it's a very easy sell in the if you're in the great lakes st lawrence river right. area if you're like this threatens things we eat <laughs> everyone's like okay we yeah. need to stop it right yeah you, you had us at it eats trout. so what about stuff that's threatening things that we don't eat that's just running harder. rampant. Yeah, it is harder to get money. I People mean, don't funds, care as much, right? It's limited funding. Funding is very limited for for sort of ecology. Well, for, right. everything, for everything, I'm sure. sure. But you know, it, it's very hard to sell things right. that sound cool sometimes. Like even behavior, right now in the heart of climate change concerns, it's right. hard to get money for. This would be cool to know, unless you can tie it to something that directly affects, affects humans them, right. now, particularly the economy. <laughs> wow, we're really human-centric species. Of course we are. I mean, even if you look at the species we know of existing, right, most of them are things that we interact with, we see, look like us, right, for the are things cute. we don't understand. Yeah. Well, cute because they look closer to us. That's, that's... Is that what makes things cute? 100%. Big eyes, being sort of baby-like Oh, baby, features. human baby. Yeah. Things that look most like human babies. We're just the products of our own evolution and adaptation. Ah, we love human babies because we have to take care of them. <laughs> can't get enough of those babies. And they can't get enough of our saliva. <laughs> All right, good segue. I like how when you first heard that, you're like, is there some sort of baby saliva taste test yeah. involved? Like yeah. you thought there was some... Yeah, I was like, how do the babies know what the saliva is doing? Is this saliva or but They just need juice? visual samples of people sharing saliva. That's But amazing. they could tell when, so, like, like, things where there's like hugs, for example, was less of a sign than a kiss on the cheek like there okay. was there, there was clearly mouth con- stuff mouth stuff Mouth exactly. babies love mouth stuff that's my new band name <laughs> let's maybe not <laughs> all right have fair. that i mean we had a lot of great band names today but yeah. that one all right if i go back to sea lamprey yes sea lamprey or slamprey slamprey it's right, right for the mosh pit. Well, we learned a lot today. I did. About baby spit. Yeah. Uh, L- lunar regolith. Lunar, lunar regolith. That's yeah. another metal name. <laughs> lunar regolith. And of course, lamprey. Yeah. I mean, don't discount the not traditionally attractive species. Fair enough. They matter too. Yeah. And so do you. Thank you for listening. Thank you, to listeners. Learn real good. How do people find us? Vinny? If you're interested in following us on social media, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LRG Pod. That's LRG Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go and ahead. if you, I got this. And if you'd like to contact us to put, be a guest, or you know someone who might be a guest, you can send us an email to learnrealgoodpodcast at gmail.com. Learnrealgoodpodcast at gmail.com. Your email source for being a guest. <laughs> That was amazing that you remembered all that. It's my job. Yep. Great work. Well, thank you, Vinny. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Victoria. And thank you for listening, folks. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.